my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. I am your host, Julie Turney, and with me in the studio today, I have two amazing guests. I am so excited for this conversation. You know, normally I have one guest at a time, but this conversation today, we need to have two. So a little bit about our, our guests. So a couple months back, I received a recommendation from my nearest and dearest friend, Tracy Sponenberg, who knows that I love books. And she was sharing a book that she was reading recently. And she shared it with me and she said, Julie, you have to read this book. The book is called Designing Exceptional, Exceptional, Exceptional. Why can't I say things right? Designing Exceptional Organizational Cultures. This book was written by two amazing ladies, Jamie Jacobs and Hema Crockett. And so they are here today with me to talk about their book, talk about their HR story, you know, all the things that we always talk about. And so I'm happy to welcome to the sound booth today, Jamie and Hema. Welcome, ladies. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be here with you. Yes, and Tracy's amazing. I'm so glad she was able to connect us all. Yes, definitely. Tracy's, she's such a giving person that we, we're not going to have another episode where I fangirl over Tracy. So <laughs> <laughs> that happens quite a bit here. <laughs> so ladies, well, let's get started. Um, tell us, who are you? What is your HR origin story? How did you get here? Jamie, do you want to go first? Sure. So, you know, I I started, I actually kind of fell into HR like a lot of people. Um, I had just finished undergrad, was working for Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, and I'd been in the front office, um, you know, front desk, concierge, reservations, and was able to transfer into HR. And so that was my first HR role. And it was a really incredible place to learn HR because... We were hiring a lot of people. Um, it was all about customer service, high-end customer service, and really strong culture, um, strong values. And so I think that really ingrained in me um, kind of that as the foundation, which was was wonderful. And as I moved on and got my MBA and kind of went into other industries, you know, I did manufacturing, financial services, high tech. Um, and I just loved, I, you know, you're applying your skills in different ways. And so that was really wonderful. And, and, and some of those other industries, I found, you know, that the, the business strategies were a bit more complex and, and therefore like we have this big HR toolbox, but we, you know, you're applying things differently and you're trying to assess what's most important, what's going to have the biggest impact for our organization. What are the priorities that align with Mm -hmm. our business priorities? And that was really fun for me. So that was some of, of like from a pure HR perspective, what I loved. Um, 
And as I evolved as, as a leader, I just felt that as leaders and HR leaders, mm -hmm. we really have a responsibility to make wherever we, you know, work, make it a great place for people to thrive and grow. And, and, and so that became kind of my passion. So really building great cultures and, and Hema will tell you a little bit, but that's where we met, uh, was actually at the company, uh, where I was head of HR. It was my last, the last in-house job I had. And together we built basically from scratch, um, the whole HR function, as well as, you know, really a solid, um, company culture and employee value proposition and, and making, you know, while we were there, it was really important for there to be alignment, but all of that to say, I think Julie knows a little bit about this story <laughs> and I love HR. I, I am passionate about HR and I, mm -hmm. I, you know, and I love supporting HR um, professionals, but for us that the journey was to kind of move out of, of being in-house HR and to start gig talent and which is really about helping people who want to work on their own terms, um, find work. And so it's, it's really highly uh, skilled um, HR professionals and, and executive coaches or leadership coaches and connecting them to work and in the gig economy. And as we all know, that's growing, but what's, what's exciting about that is that's the other side of kind of what drives us. It's just mm -hmm. that life is short. And we want people to work the way that they want to work. And yeah. um, so that's right now what we're really committed to um, helping people find. So that's a little bit about my story and kind of how, how I got where I'm at now. Awesome. I think like you almost covered like every question that I was going to ask you. But <laughs> that's, that's quite okay. We can go deeper. We can go deeper. <laughs> right. We can definitely dig deeper. Hema, what about you? What yes. HR? Yeah. How I got to HR was a little of the same, right? You fell into it. Um, and I'm so happy that I did. I was actually in uh, functions that were adjacent to HR for quite a few years. And I started as an executive recruiter and slowly in that process realized that A, I am not the special type of personality that recruiting is, is for. It takes a very special kind of person in my opinion, um, but it's, it's something that I was really fortunate enough to have as part of my HR background. And mm -hmm. that was, I would say, my very first foray into true HR versus functions that were just HR adjacent at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, I have built my background really in um, tech, biotech, financial services, and fintech HR. So really smaller companies and how do we scale them? I have been with uh, really large organizations as well over my time in HR. And for me, I think we all have this turning point, right? This, this kind of situation that occurs, or maybe it's a, a success succession of different situations that occur. And to the point that Jamie made about really understanding that we are at work the majority of our time that we should really love what we do we should be passionate about it we should yeah. be bringing our whole selves to work mm -hmm. i was fortunate enough to uh, move overseas for about three and a half years and work with the state department and department of justice and in that time for me was really that life-changing uh, uh, event, if you will, or succession mm -hmm. of events. And, and I realized when I came back here, which has now been a number of years, that I didn't want to just jump right back into the way I was working before. And I didn't want to go back to working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and neglecting who I was in that process, which is really what we as HR professionals, HR executives are known for. Yeah. Right. I mean, we just oh, end yes. up. <laughs> oh, we, yes. Hema. We, 
<laughs> we end up going all in, we burn out, but don't realize that we're burned out ourselves and just keep pushing. And I told myself when I came back that I wasn't going to do that. And I did that because it's, <laughs> it's very easy to go right back yes. into it, especially again, when you're in HR, you're in large growing organizations. Um, I was doing total rewards and talent management at the time and really was one of two leaders in uh, this biotech I was in. And it was really difficult to not spend all of that time doing it. And I started realizing that I'm a builder by nature. And that's really the organization that Jamie and I met in a few years after, uh, as she mentioned, we were there to build. We were there not only to build the culture, build the HR infrastructure, but build the leadership capabilities and capacity for that organization. Mm -hmm. And um, there were definitely points in there where we felt like we were in flow. And that was the feeling that I was really looking for. Mm -hmm. And I started to think about how can I have that feeling more, right? Because that feeling can easily be overrun yeah. with the burnout. Oh, yes. Right? And there's no way you can have both, in my opinion. You cannot no. be high performing and burned out all at the same time. Cannot. It is counterintuitive. <laughs> I talk about it. I talk about it all the time. You can't fill from an empty cup. You, it's, you can't. It's impossible. And, and I've yeah. been in that space of HR burnout twice. It's why I do what I do now because I'm just not going to do that to myself anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to do that again. I'm so excited, Julie. Yeah. I was telling Hema earlier today just about what you're doing and helping you know, coach HR professionals, because we all have, like everyone I know actually mm -hmm. in HR has gone through these periods and to have someone who can, they can talk to and who can help them navigate that. I think it's really awesome. So mm -hmm. I just love your practice. Thank yeah. That's such so a, it's such a great thing. I mean, I wish we had that going through a lot of what we yeah. had gone through to be fair, because we had each other in these really difficult environments to rely mm -hmm. on. But when you're coming from the same environment, the same headspace, yeah. you tend to just work each other up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was probably year two or two and a half into that company. And Jamie and I were sitting in her office and we were talking about, wouldn't it be cool if we just started our own thing? We didn't know what that meant. We just used the term really loosely and we got really excited about it. And then when I went back to my office, she was in hers. We continued working, doing what we needed to do. And on our own journeys, you know, we separated after that, went our own way, started our own companies and really came together because for mm -hmm. us, it's about what can we build bigger, better, faster together? Mm -hmm. How can we make a much more lasting impact? Yes. And that for us is what gig talent is about. It, it's not about us as individuals or us as HR, former HR executives. It's about how can we take what we've learned, both from a business perspective, a people perspective, a cultural perspective, and put that out into the world and help others who mm -hmm. are on their own journey as well and help organizations get to that talent and really work with some amazing professionals. I am always, always impressed by the level of talent that we have uh, within our gig talent collective. Mm -hmm. So that is, that's that how we ended amazing. up together at the end of the day. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. Any variations in the story that you want to um, clarify, Jamie? I don't know that I'd work you up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, it's really actually funny because that day in my office, 
I think it was an epiphany and, but we, it kind of felt like a pipe dream, like that we might actually do something on our own. And, mm -hmm. and it wasn't like Hema said, it wasn't a direct line towards that. We actually yeah. kind of went separate before we came back together. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, I, I just believe that when you work with good people and you have a shared vision, it can be really powerful. And, um, and so we, we try to stay in that flow and, you know, life happens, right? So yes. you naturally just as people and individuals kind of go up and down. And I think it's really wonderful to have, each other and that's why we wanted to build the collective so that consultants don't have to feel like they're out on their own mm -hmm. when you're part of gig talent you have a community and yes. uh, and so we do that for each other and and for our you know our group it's great i think it's i think it's really awesome what you have come together to create i am looking forward to being a part of gig talent and you know i just think that in this time and space knowing everything that we've gone through pandemics and you know social unrest at all you know because lots of things have happened um I was telling a friend of mine just the other day that you know in Barbados we've gone through COVID we've had dengue we've had volcanoes erupting on sister islands and bringing ash to the island wow. but we've also had you know huge um, economic problems as well and so I think that, you know, going through all of that, and this is something that's happening worldwide, um, that it just kind of makes me rethink. I'm sure it has made lots of people rethink, refocus. But I think for me, as a woman, as a mother, that I have reprioritized my entire life based on what I have experienced in the last year and a half. Number one, life is way too short. Number two, I don't know enough about my kids. I don't know enough about my husband. And so being home for all this time has brought us together. And that's helped me to realize I don't want to be working the same way that I was working before, leaving home at seven in the morning, coming home at six at night, just cooking dinner, barely scratching over to see if the children did their homework you know, just checking in with my husband briefly to go like, how was your day? Like, I don't want to live that way anymore. I've been able to cook healthy meals, go for walks, take Fridays off. Like, that's a huge thing. And I don't want to give that up. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give that up. And I'm sure that your experiences have been very similar. And I'm sure that there are a lot of women, especially in the HR space, that are feeling the same way. Especially now, there has to be great anxiety when you're looking at companies like Google that are now saying, well, we want everyone back to work by September. And, you know, other companies now starting to follow suit, whereas previously you had companies like Twitter and so on saying, well, you know, you can work from anywhere, anytime, as long as you get our work done, we're okay with that. And it almost feels like some people are backpedaling. Some people are just now saying, well, you know what, we want the banking industry wanted everyone back from day one. They were like, no, look, we need y'all to come back. But all of these different things that have happened have made women start to think a lot differently. And so the data is telling us now that women don't want to do this, don't want to do this anymore. You know, they want to have balance. They want to have careers, but they want to have balance. So tell us, like, how can people engage with gig talent in, in, in particular? Like, how do people engage with your platform? What are the benefits of engaging with your platform? 
Uh, yeah, you want to go start. first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. I was actually also going to say that to your point of, of really women taking a look at what mm-hmm. we're doing today and not necessarily wanting to go back to the way things were. I think what we've realized is that there's priorities, right? And really, there's only one priority. It, we can't use the term priorities because everything can't be equally as important. And so now we're deciding what is our number one priority. And that isn't work where for many years it was, it was number one on that list in order to provide, in order to do all of these things, that's no longer the case. So I really appreciate you bringing that point up because I think it's such an important one. Mm-hmm. Um, and really during the pandemic, I have seen an, an upswing in folks who are calling us, especially about joining the collective or they're thinking about becoming an HR consultant or executive coach. They're at the beginning of, of that journey and really understanding what it means to them. Mm-hmm. So when people are interested in joining the collective, we do a couple of things, actually. We never want to force anybody to become a member of the collective or to go that route of becoming a consultant or coach if it's not for them. Right. So what we do is we actually talk to a lot of people if they're thinking about Uh, going that route because we've been on that journey we understand the fears we know the hesitation and there's a lot yes yes there is yeah so so we like to say that we are really there as a coach or a guide for them uh, just to help them better understand what life on this side could be like Mm -hmm. and not to underplay those fears or those hesitations because they're very real and they don't ever fully go away they morph and shift as time goes on yes and so when people are ready to join, we, we have the first uh, gig talent certification on the market, which is pretty exciting. That's awesome. And yeah, really what, what our goal is, is twofold. One is to make sure that our consultants are really compliant with a lot of the, the rules and regulations that are out there, especially here in California, mm-hmm. where our definition of who's a W-2 versus a 1099 is very different than in other parts of the country, although we anticipate that to change over the next few years. Okay. To be fair. Okay. Um, and the other piece of it too, is to really make sure that we're elevating the profession of consulting. We're looking for some pretty amazing individuals who not only have the experience, but are committed to this life, mm-hmm. right? They have their own businesses. They have their uh, business insurance uh, license if their city, state, or county requires it. But we also continue on. We, we do reference checks. We have a third-party background check vendor we get to know the individual and what they love to do or work that they never want to see again, because this is about making sure that they are aligned Mm -hmm. and doing what they love to do. We never want somebody to feel like I'll take it because I need the money or I guess it'll be okay. That's not what this is about. What do you love doing? And let us make sure that we get you that type of work. That's it. That's it. I love that. I mean, that's one of the things that I always say to my clients as they're coming through, like, what do you, you know, what do you like about being in HR? What don't you like about being here? What would you change? If you had the right circumstances and the right situation, what would that job look like for you? Because I think a lot of times we've lived in a space where our profession has been defined for us by other people, but have we taken the time to architect it for ourselves? It sounds to me like that's what you guys are trying to help people achieve. Is that right, Jamie? Jamie's shaking her head. (laughs) Like, yes, 
it, it, what's, the, what's so wonderful in the way that things are changing, it's, it's really inspiring to me. You know, so we, the numbers say that like over 50% of the population will be working in the gig economy in the next like five to seven years, which is pretty unbelievable. But mm -hmm. I, it makes sense because people are choosing to work that the way, the way they want. And companies are working to engage with, with those professionals in like looking at the task level, not necessarily always at broad, you know, broad, the kind of job description right. level. And so if you get really clear on what you love and what you're really good at, that's where the power is, right? Because you're in alignment with yourself. And so like we, we kind of had to learn and now we help others. Like there, you know what, Julie, if you're better at these five things, I want you to do those things for that client because because I'm actually doing a disservice to me and to them to try to like, just because I could do it doesn't mean I should do it, right? Exactly. And so, you know, what's great from a, our clients, what we hear from our clients is, you know, they, as an HR leader, they know that there's the people they're bringing in as consultants have kind of the same standards that they're bringing in an employee because mm -hmm. they have reference checks, background checks, all the compliance stuff, like, right. right. You don't want to bring people into your company, into your culture that who knows like what their ba real background is. And I mean, that's kind of sketchy. So we want that. And then also people who are really good at, you know, whatever it is you're bringing them in to do. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's fun to see it. And it's funny how we all kind of evolve. And, and the truth is today that somebody's answer of what they love to do might be different, you know, in five years or a few yes. years. Um, and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. right? We're all growing and learning as we go. Definitely. I, and, and, you know, I think that to your point, Jamie, a lot of times, you know, we, we evolve, but we get stuck in us in that fear of this pays the bills right now. This does exactly what I need it to do. It pays my mortgage. It feeds me. It feeds my children. You know, it allows me to go on vacation, whatever the case may be. But I think now the priorities are kind of shifting. And I think to your point, Hema, where you talked about um, prioritization before. And, you know, I think that as we start to see these changes, I think that that's that percentage that you gave at the beginning, Jamie, is going to move a lot faster now because of COVID, um, moving, just moving things along. And um, I think that one of the amazing things about this unfortunate thing that has happened in our lives as human beings across the globe though has brought us closer together as people, as, as humans, and, and helped us to take that step back that we needed. It gave the earth a chance to heal, it gave animals a chance to figure out what the place looks like without humans in it. Um, but, you know, we're seeing all kind of things start to come back. We're seeing new, we're seeing new plant life, new animal life. All these different things are happening. And I think from a human perspective, that is going to happen to a lot. Of, that's happening to a lot of people as they think about their careers and where that is going. And I'm so glad that Gig Talent is here for that because you ladies look like you both love what you do. You look like, you know, you have this purpose that is just fulfilling you and I could see it shining in both of you. And so I want to thank you both for, for bringing that here because we need more of that. We need more of that. Now, thank you so much for saying that. That, oh, that means a lot to us. Oh, my absolute pleasure is the truth. Is that I can see it you know it's the truth and I, I want to say like from the perspective of HR professionals because I get this a lot where 
a lot of my clients and people who come to me kind of like midway always say, you know, like, I wish I knew you were here before I decided to leave HR, before I decided to leave the corporate space and become a consultant, I would have probably stayed and tried to make it work in my organization. Um, and that's, that's powerful that people come to that recog- that recog- um, that recognition of what they wanted uh, and what they needed. But a lot of times we've lost so many good people in our profession just because of that heaviness, that burnout, that frustration, that lack of support. We've lost so many good people and some people have stepped into, into the consulting space. If our HR professionals listening to this show wanted to reach out, talk to you, explore, how do they do that, Jamie? Um, we first of all, we're, we would love that, and we're happy to have conversations with anyone. Um, probably the easiest way would just be um, info at gogigtalent.com, and one of us or um, someone on our team will get back to you, and um, we'd be happy to have a conversation. And our website is um, www.gogigtalent.com. You can find more information and contact mm-hmm. information. There's also a phone number there. I will share the link in the comments for sure. Emma, anything you want to add to that? I would also say, you know, feel free to uh, connect with us on LinkedIn as well. Uh, we share a lot of good content on there just about our conversation today, actually, and some of the topics that we've talked about today, too. So mm-hmm. always happy to talk with anybody, as Jamie mentioned. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you heard it, people. You know where to find Jamie and Hema. Go connect with them. They're ready to have those conversations with you and support you the best way that they can. They want you to be your best self and do the thing that you love. And they're willing to help you get there. So please check out Gig Talent today. Ladies, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think that other HR professionals should engage in? Last here at Hema. <laughs> so I actually just finished a book. It's called Drunk Tank Pink by Adam Alter. And it's taken me quite a few weeks to finish this book, to be fair, but it's about all of the forces externally that affect us mm-hmm. um, and how we think and how we behave. And it's so true even in our workplaces, how the language we use, the colors we see mm-hmm. uh, really affect who we are. So that to me is a, a good one. I'm, I'm really more so into books that aren't just directly business or directly into HR. I find I learn a lot more outside of that realm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Hema. Jamie. I wish I could walk over to my nightstand because there's like a pile and I can't name a single one right now, which is a bad thing. (laughs) I'm not going to stop you from walking over. (laughs) Jamie, Um, you can mention our book. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, I've got got our book. Because I was going to go there directly after and go, well, you ladies wrote a book. (laughs) Yeah, let's hear it. But, and then podcasts, you know, for sure. I mean, there's, I'm, I was a slow um, adopter, I think, to some of it, just because I'm usually, I'm like doing stuff and I didn't, but there's just such good content and conversations happening. Um, So I'm pretty, I love that you're doing it and we're, I'm I'm slowly, slowly becoming a a listener. Thank you so much for listening. So yeah, let's talk about your book. You, You got together and you wrote a book. Tell the audience, like, kind of walk us through 
your journey to writing this book and, you know, how, what, what people are going to get when they read the book. I ordered your book. I was hoping and praying it would be here in time for us to have this conversation, but it stuck somewhere. (laughs) Between Miami and the Barbados airport. That's all I can say. (laughs) I'm hoping for the best. Um, But in the meantime, I've had a little sneak peek from Amazon. Um, But tell us, yeah, what made you decide to put your love for creating great cultures into a book and kind of walk us through that process? Yeah, Yeah. I don't think we ever intended to do it, to be fair. It really wasn't. No, when we first uh, joined forces, it wasn't high on the priority list. Ah, and then okay. the more that we started working with clients and really thinking about our own experiences separately before we started working together as well at our previous organization, mm-hmm. we just realized that a lot of the issues or circumstances that we're seeing in all of our clients are actually universal, right? And so yeah. what can we do to help? How can we make a greater impact, a broader impact? Mm-hmm. And it, what started out as writing a culture book ended at the uh, middle of COVID, if you will. So luckily we started, we were able to, to tweak things in the middle and to really talk about the environment because it had shifted mm-hmm. so much after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we look at this book is really, it's, a, it's an everyday playbook, right? We really break down different elements and different facets of culture And we start with our own journeys in that because it's really important to understand your role, especially as HR leader in culture and how you show up in that environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we talk about leadership right out of the gate as well and the self-awareness that needs to come from that. I think a lot of times areas that we struggle have to do with how we're viewed in the business and how we're viewed at the executive levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we really go there. I mean, we, we lay it out in yes. this book, uh, but we also have a lot of actionable takeaways and questions that people can take right into their organizations mm-hmm. um, to really help them get those conversations started and going. Yes, that sounds great. I am so looking forward to digging a little <laughs> deeper on that. And I'm glad that you talked about using your own personal experience because I find a lot of times as people write books, especially something like this, um, it's more about this is the research I've done. This is what I'm this is what I'm seeing, you know, versus having a real life experience of what that looks like and then dubbing down into that and holding yourself accountable as you share that story is very important. So I'm definitely, um, thank you so much for sharing that. Jamie, what do you want to add? I just, you know, it, it's it's funny because when we were starting, I was like, oh, another culture book, right? There's so, so many culture books. But I do think that what makes it a little different is that it's meant to be that any either HR leader or any business leader can pick it up. And regardless of kind of what stage they're at in their culture, they're just new building one mm-hmm. or they're kind of resetting after COVID or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, there's these actions and areas that they can look at to help, help guide them through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I love the most about it is like the, just the role of, of leaders and HR people reflecting on ourselves and kind mm-hmm. of how we're showing up. Um, you know, the, 
we do set the tone. I mean, we've worked with countless CEOs who just kind of want people to get along and do great things, but yeah. they don't really necessarily look at, you know, how they're showing up and, and either holding people accountable or not, or leading by example or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, one thing that I lived when I was the head of HR, we, we did an employee survey and we, uh, you know, you get all these comments back, thousands of comments. And of course there's one comment about the head of HR not being approachable or being inapproachable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm approachable and I know <laughs> people like, what are we talking, you know, what are we doing? And, uh, and I was really, ups- I wanted to understand it and I wanted yes. to do better. Right. So I, mm-hmm. so first I talked to my daughter who was 17 at the time and her response is, well, mom, you kind of have, a, a, you have an RBF. I don't know if you know what that is. Resting bitch face. I have it. Oh yeah. Okay, my daughter, my daughter tells me about it all the time. <laughs> So that was when I learned that I have that. Um, <laughs> and then I talked to the team and how I was part of the team. And, and they said, yeah, you know, you, you're busy. You're going from meeting to meeting. You're probably looking down. You're not, you probably walked through the lobby and didn't see people, didn't acknowledge them, you know, not because you were trying to be inapproachable or rude, but you're like late carrying your stuff, going, you know, looking at your phone, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, but that does come off unapproachable, right? Like, and people are watching and they're making meaning of it, even though, I just thought I was late for a meeting potentially, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, you know, I use, I share that as it's a funny example, but it's a true example of like the leader, you have to kind of be on all the time and be thinking about what are, is the message that you're, you're giving culturally to your team and to the people around you. And so, you know, I was able to be more intentional than walking through the lobby and being out and, and recognizing that you know people want to be seen and and i like it wasn't that i didn't want to i just wasn't thinking about it right and so um you know some of the key takeaways there that people are watching everything is more visible than you think Mm -hmm. um and people are making meaning of it so so you really have to be honest with yourself and get that feedback i mean i was so grateful Mm -hmm. um maybe not in the delivery with some of it but you know that (laughs) (laughs) 17 year olds are just honest all right they have no filter it's fine She was right. She was right. <laughs> yep. She would know you best. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've I've gotten feedback from my children a lot, a lot of times. They always go, My friends are afraid of you. I'm like, your friends are scared of me. This time like I'm like, they're they always say to me, like, you're silly, mom. silly mummy, goofy mummy. But yet still their friends are afraid of me. You're it's like, why? It's like, because you have that RBF. <laughs> Seriously. So now I like I have to be like when I see their friends I'm like hi how you doing how was your day seriously no <laughs> but it's important to make that connection especially as HR professionals and I've realized that throughout my career the importance of letting people know that you see them you know I see you I hear you yeah I hear what you're saying I you know. I want to understand that story that you're telling yourself so that I can help you in whatever way that I can. That's something I developed over time. When I first entered HR, no way. Like, I just wanted to get stuff done and make a difference. And you want to turn everything upside down and, you know, just change it all for the better because it all looks wrong, right? Now you learn to listen and you learn to understand why things are the way they are before you make changes but you learn how to see people and say I see you 
I hear yeah. you. I can relate. That's key. Yeah. And yeah. I jump to solve. You know? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what happens is early in our career, right? Our perspective is all internal. How can I get ahead? What can mm -hmm. I do? Oh, that's wrong. I think it's wrong. So let me fix it or let mm -hmm. me solve it. Mm -hmm. And then I think the, the more that we're exposed to, the more that we realize that it's about an external perspective. How can we be there for other people? Yep. How can we come together? And I think in this environment where, where so many of us are remote 100% of the time, it's even more important as HR leaders to be visible, to ask those questions and to get honest answers versus mm -hmm. the, the obligatory, you know, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Yes. I'm not fine. Let's talk exactly. about it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I could talk to both of you all day. <laughs> Honestly. Same. There's a lot of alignment. <laughs> yeah. We've done that since you and I met, right? <laughs> <laughs> Designing exceptional organizational cultures. This is the book you need. If you don't have it, you need to go get it today. I will share the link in the comments um, when this podcast goes live. But I want to thank both of you ladies for sharing your experiences, your knowledge, your passions, I really, your stories. I so appreciate it. We are at that time where I ask you that big question. What is the one misconception about our profession as HR professionals that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now, for everyone to know that this is, this is what people believe. However, no, we're going to demystify it right now. Hema, you want to go first? Gosh, there's a few, but for me, I one know. Of the, <laughs> it's hard to narrow it down, to be fair. Um, <laughs> But one of the top ones for me is that HR people are not business people. I cannot stand that one. Um, and I feel that the opposite couldn't be more true, that we're business people with the superhuman power of understanding talent and culture. Mm -hmm. I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. I, you hear it all the time. All the time. HR doesn't bring money. No, they spend money. Hmm. <laughs> That's all they do. Yep. That's all they're good for. Or policies. Uh. <laughs> we're, the, we're the police, not to worry. No. That's <sighs> my badge at home today. Sorry. Right. <laughs> that, that hall monitor sash from high school or what, yeah. middle yes. school or whatever. <laughs> Don't have my whistle today. Sorry. I'm going to walk with a little handbook in my hand. So like calling out people with infractions and writing tickets. Writing no. Oh. Gosh, the worst. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jamie. What about yeah, you? For me, it's that that like that they're not stepping up to the plate. I actually am kind of tired of this language around. You know, we do we have a seat at the table, or or the um, just even the stories that people aren't stepping up and doing really great things. I, th I think, yes, they're, you know, like any profession, you could find the same in finance, right? There's some people who are focused on the fundamentals of AR and PR and receivable, like whatever, and, mm -hmm. and that's important and that keeps the business going. Mm -hmm. And there, but when you think about like really dynamic uh, financial professionals who are impacting business, they also understand capital markets, they're doing FP&A, they're really helping the business, you know, and it's the same in HR. There's, there are some, you know, people who have kind of stayed with some of the more traditional tactical work and yeah. that's fine. That needs to happen. 
but there is phenomenal work being done right now. It's like so inspiring to see the innovation and how HR leaders are like not only transforming organizations, they're driving them forward. They basically were crisis managers over the last year. They and it, you know nobody had a playbook for how to manage a, a worldwide pandemic. You so, are so great. So I, I think what's really inspiring to me is actually the amazing work that HR leaders are doing. And to mm -hmm. Hema's point, they are business people. They're leading the business. They're quite frankly, helping other leaders, um, you know, navigate their, themselves through this yeah. situation and their teams. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk more about that than, mm -hmm. you know, like what isn't happening or, or focusing on, on the, mm -hmm. the people, you know, the other factions of, of HR, because I just like, yes. yes that's true, but you could look at any function, any profession. And the same thing. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I just or the or the whole thing of how to be more strategic. Mm. What? what? <laughs> that, I mean, we, we don't call out other functions for that. No, we don't. Finance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marketing. Yeah, it's the same thing, and and everyone, you know, every function's gone through that transformation and. and elevation and you know you can focus on it but i just think like the storyline has to change yeah and, and i really want to like commend all the great work that's being done instead mm -hmm. of highlighting you know mm -hmm. where maybe the companies just haven't kind of evolved yet because they'll get there oh yes and i'm so glad that you said that jamie because i think about this and i say it all the time you know we have celebrated first responders doctors nurses people in the supermarket, like we celebrated those people, you know, as first responders, we stood outside our doors or at some point in time, we, you know, stood outside and clapped for them or whatever the case may be. But no one has focused on the fact that HR were the first, are still and always were first responders in, in the organization, you know, and to your point, a lot of us, while there are some of us out there, yes, that downright suck and really need to leave, there are a lot of us here doing really great and amazing things, and it's not being celebrated enough. And so I want to thank you so much for saying that. And to all of you HR professionals listening to this episode today, thank you. Thank you for still fighting the fine fight in your organizations. I know. Hema knows, Jamie knows, it's not easy, but you're doing it nonetheless, and we appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I almost feel like, let's take a moment of silence for each. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really heavy. I mean, the story, you know, and, yeah. and like, you're, we're people, right? We're all people, and you're observing, First. you know, and a lot of HR, they're kind of the center of... Mm -hmm. COVID impact and seeing, mm -hmm. you know, this, I mean, the stories are unbelievable and yes. it's heavy um, and you still have to like perform and show up. And, mm -hmm. and um, so I, I think that that's why I just, I love what you do, even in supporting, you know, HR professionals and we do it in a different way, but um, I just mm -hmm. love that we can change the story to the, to Absolutely. highlight one change, change the dialogue. That's what I'm about. Yep so important that we need to reframe this and you know shine a light on HR that people really don't see that they need to they really need to know and understand I want to ask you this this is not my normal question just the extra but because you're both gig experts you know a lot 
I remember very early last year interviewing a lady by the name of Desalyn Wood. And when we were first talking about the pandemic and, you know, how HR were going to get through this, and she said, you know, we don't know what we don't know. This is a very uncertain time. But as we start to now carve out what the future of work is going to look like for our organizations, what advice would you give to HR professionals when it comes to the thought of HR operating remotely? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Yeah, I'll just jump in. You know, we used to think our old school thinking would have been, you know, well, if you're a people manager or HR, you really need to be on site because, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be with the people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that it's changed. I, I think that what I encourage people to look at is, do you need to build effective relationships? Absolutely. Um, you know, is in person, does in person have a part of that? Yeah, probably at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you, like I was working with a client over the last year during the pandemic and because I'd built a relationship previously, being remote didn't impact it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we just need to, instead of trying to be black or white and make these, you know, finite rules of, of it, it's this way, it's, it's getting more comfortable and living in that gray yeah. and saying, you know, what is the work? How does the be- work best served? And how do we do that? And mm-hmm. what I think successful companies are finding is that there, this is going to be an evolution. It's almost like a collective experiment that we can mm-hmm. do together. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then really like breaking down the work and getting clear and lo- what does collaboration look like? What is, how do we do these things? Um, but to your point earlier, Julie, I, I think you know the companies who went extreme one way or the other are now kind of backpedaling, trying to yeah. figure that out because mm-hmm. there's a lot of detail under that yes. about how we make that work. Um, and and we're also seeing uh, people's em- employee preferences mm-hmm. of just you know wanting this what we all have now integrated like you know I want to jump on the treadmill at eleven and not have to like shower and blow out my hair and do redo makeup because it really doesn't matter because my afternoon is like working on a spreadsheet or whatever you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you know I just think that we can um, we can incorporate it and we don't have to make fear based decisions yeah um, so. I definitely think HR can can be done remote. That was a long answer to that question. Yes, thank but. you so much. Yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. agree with you 100%. Yes, Emma. Yeah, so I would say uh, throw out the old rules. I think that the statement of, you know, this is what we've done before, or this is how we've worked before, I think is our biggest holdback. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just from an, an HR perspective, that's from a, a CEO leadership perspective as well. where oftentimes they're the ones who will potentially say, oh, no, we need to be face to face or we it's the only way to work effectively, Mm -hmm. that those old rules really just no longer apply. And the other thing I would say is really, yes, absolutely. HR can be remote. I don't I don't think that there's any drawback to that. But look at what your organization needs, not what Google did, not what Facebook did, not what these hundreds of other organizations are doing, what your organization needs Mm -hmm. and start there because that's how you're going to know what is most effective for your team, for your people and for your leaders. Absolutely. I want to do this. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, truly inspiring to listen to both of you as you both shared your thoughts on this. And I, I gotta say, I agree. Like I, I would have, I think 
we, for the most part, we worked from home for the last year, all HR professionals. We were all locked in somewhere around the world and we were getting stuff done. Like, and we were getting stuff done without a handbook. Yep. Without a handbook. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I can tell you about that handbook and how I feel about it. <laughs> I think I can guess. <laughs> So you don't want us to call you when a client needs a handbag? No, no definitely <laughs> not. I am not the one. I am not the one. I discovered very early, very, you know, like over the last two years in my career, the latter parts of working in companies, what I like to do and what I don't like to do. Do not call me when it comes to writing a policy, even though I can do it. I don't like it. Don't call me when it comes to firing somebody or telling you to interpret legislation. I can do it. I don't like it. <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me when you want to talk about developing and growing your leadership or you want to talk about, you know, succession plans for your, for your team or you want to talk about building a great culture. Come to me in those moments. All the other stuff. We could we would sidebar that, you know. I I know what I like. I know what I like, and I do what I love. And I, and I really like that. Something that I learned very, like I said, very late in my career as an HR professional. And the other thing too that I learned, like as you guys are talking about, you know, creating gig talent, that I've learned is I see a lot of HR professionals talking about. We're, we're going to go over time with this podcast, trust me, but it's all good. <laughs> I see a lot of HR professionals online talking about they've applied for this job, they've applied for that job, they're not getting any answers, they're not getting any responses, they're not getting this, they're not getting that. And to my frustration, I finally commented in one of these Facebook groups that I'm in, and I said, I asked, the, I asked three questions what are you doing right now? Like, what, what are you doing that is adding value? Like, what organizations do you want to work for? And where are you seeing the gaps? Where have you done the homework about that company to see where the gaps are to then make the right connections to say, I love your organization and what it offers. I work in HR, but I see this missing. And I would love to come in and fill this piece for you because I think that that's what you need. Versus I see a job in the paper or I see a job somewhere in LinkedIn and I apply for that uh, against thousands of people. But then, you know, if I've really done my homework and I know this company that I want to work for, I can fill another gap that you probably didn't even know you needed. And that to me is when you start to get more creative as an HR professional. That's when you've like really dug in and been like, yeah, I could get my grips into this. And you know what? Just give me six months. The six months that I was spending at home unemployed, I'll take that time and work for you for nothing. If you don't like the role that I'm doing, if you don't think it's adding value, then there's not, no love loss because you weren't paying me anything. And I got the chance to work with the company of my dreams. Like, you know, I don't think a lot of people think that way. Or is it, am I crazy? Is that something that people could really be thinking? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Every time I come with it, people look at me and they go, huh? <laughs> I definitely think, you know, thinking about impact, thinking about like a solution mindset, yeah. thinking about, you know, and then how do you, when you give and you lead with those things, 
the rest comes, right? Because mm-hmm. then you're, you're in high demand and people are like, oh, we need more of that, you know? Yes. I also think it's the, how can I help you versus here's, you know, everything about me, you should want me to work for you. I think it's about flipping that lens a little bit and that perspective. What problem do you see that I can solve? Let's, mm-hmm. let's do it that way. Here's yes. what I can bring to the table for you. Here are your gaps to your point. I think it's really, you know, broader than HR, to be fair. I think that is how you should get any job and approach Absolutely. any job when you are applying for it. But I think more so with HR, because I still feel that, that HR professionals have something to prove, right? With the way that the function is generally viewed out there. Yes. Definitely. I'm glad to know that I'm not going crazy and it's not. You're not. That's what you bring to the table, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I'm sure companies like would say, well, we can't have you work here for free. You know, they'll say, okay, but, but they might be, I think it would definitely send an impression of like, oh, this person really wants to be here and is willing to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And then they, yeah. then they start working for a solution um, on your behalf, right? Exactly. Like, oh, well, we could bring you into this role or we could create an internship yeah. or we could, whatever the thing is. It could even that. be an experiential interview, right? We see this in yeah. so many other areas. Marketing, for example, walk us through how you would do this campaign. Mm-hmm. Well, here is a people problem or here is a leadership issue. How would you tackle it? Yeah. Let's get very specific. This is what our organization faces. Solve it. That's exactly. part of the interview. I mean... You know, l- let's put those skills to use. Let's really see how they're going to come out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could not agree with you more. This has been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you so, thank you so much. Pleasure. Look, you ladies have an open door to this podcast show anytime you need it. Oh. Anytime you want to have a conversation, I am all for it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I thank want- you for having us. It's such a great conversation. Community. Yeah. absolute pleasure thank you so you know you where to find um jamie and hema on linkedin make sure that you connect is there any other place that our audience could find you on social media that you'd want them to know to connect with you or is it just linkedin mostly linkedin have, yeah mostly linkedin we have instagram as well okay awesome well thank you so much and i wish you both all of the best i look forward like I said to engaging with gig talent very soon and I hope that those of you out there in our audience who are looking for a place or looking to develop your career want to explore being a consultant in in your creating your own business and becoming that that extra face for other organizations then these two ladies are the people that you need to speak to go check out gig talent online today and see how you can best develop your HR career. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next Sound Off.